chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, October 30th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. I love that your usual Friday visit now means the day before an Ohio State football game. Buckeyes and Nittany Lions tomorrow night in Happy Valley. We will get to all of that. But let's start with this recruiting cornucopia that the Buckeyes have experienced this week. I mean, they haven't gotten any commitments, but the crystal balls are rolling in for some of the top 2022 20, recruits in the country, young men that are in their junior year of high school right now. Let's start with Quinn Ewers, number one player in the country, number one quarterback, number one everything out of Texas. He has decommitted from the Longhorns, and all of the crystal balls are now pointing toward Ohio State. So great news there, Jay Book. Yeah, and it, it's amazing because if you look if you look at his recruitment there, Ohio State – Ohio State was one of the early teams to to offer him, um, but he initially he wanted to stay home because he grew up a Texas fan, and for this kid to commit in August and still flip or looking to flip it, I think it speaks volumes about how recruits feel about Tom Herman in the Texas program right now. That is a backbreaking decommitment. That that I, I wouldn't say a 16, 17 year old. Will, will ultimately decide the fate of a coach, but that is not going to sit well with the Texas boosters considering how important recruiting is in the state of Texas and how much they they value the, the Longhorn program. Um, this kid, a lot of people think he's a generational talent. If you look at his rankings, 24-7 Kapaza has, has him as a 99.94 rating, which is unheard of. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields were probably the two other highest quarterbacks when it comes to rating. And this kid has a, a, a cannon of an arm. He can make every throw. And people believe he's so good right now that he is an upgrade to what Ohio State has on the roster and bringing in. And if you look at Ohio State's quarterback room right now with Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud, those are two outstanding prospects and you look at the kid that's coming in for 2021 um, and they believe he's an even better prospect than he is obviously being uh, the number one overall player so if, if the crystal balls are true and he does flip to Ohio State you're going to see a bevy of high-end 2020 uh, recruits following his path. The two other five stars that have been crystal ball to Ohio State Domani Jackson, a number one corner in the country in the 2022 class out of Santa Ana, California, modern day high school. And then again, in the state of Texas, Caleb Burton, five-star wide receiver in the state of Texas, also being crystal ball to the Buckeyes. Your thoughts on Jackson and Burton? Yeah, just seeing, uh, I know uh, on, on 
Thursday, Wednesday night, there was a lot of buzz because Damani Jackson added, added Ohio State to his uh, his Instagram profile. So that really steered things up. But he is a guy that Ohio State has been on the, in the thick of things for a very long time. Um, a lot of people believe it's a three-horse race with Ohio State, Michigan, and USC. They're supposedly – uh, there's supposedly a visit coming up to Michigan in, in the next month or so where he's supposed to visit there for the Wisconsin game. And if you come that far to Michigan, uh, I'm sure he'll make a little stop to Ohio State, but you have to feel really good where things are at with him. I, I know Steve Wilfong hopped on the buck next morning five, and, and he believes that Ohio State is way out in front in this. And you're talking about, once again, another top five national prospect. Um, his overall rating on 24-7 composite is a 99.90. Uh, so you're talking about the best of the best from all across the country in major recruiting hotbeds looking like they're going to end up at Ohio State. Now, I haven't heard this said about Quinn Ewers, but some of the other guys I've heard fans wonder, okay, wait a minute. Are they trying to have a little fun here? You know, yeah, they like Ohio State, but maybe are they trying to not really troll Ohio State, but maybe get the fan base a little riled up? Uh, do you think there's anything to that that maybe some of these kids that are getting all of a sudden these crystal balls flying Ohio State's way that maybe people are jumping the gun a little bit, maybe these kids are just having a little bit of fun? I mean, you're. I, I think – I think Ohio State fans should be somewhat uh, cautious. Uh, these You're still dealing with teenagers here. Things could change in a heartbeat. If you look at what happened um, on Thursday, Zach Rice, five-star offensive tackle, he started chiming in, throwing up the, the, o, the Ohio State O on his Twitter, and that was retweeted by Mark Pintoni. So you're seeing a lot of high-end prospects. And, and I would tell Ohio State fans this, look, these guys may not be committing this week or in this month, but what you see is Ohio State is in their mouth. And the positive vibe that you're getting, it attracts other recruits. It doesn't mean that these guys will all automatically commit to Ohio State, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But once you start getting the ball rolling and a lot of these guys start talking to each other, that's nothing but positive. That's nothing to be negative about. Um, and I think a lot of Ohio State fans were already on high alert because the, the current 2020 uh, commits, 2022 commits were saying that there's going to be some booms happening pretty soon. And then all of a sudden you, you start seeing smoke coming from the Texas board where they were saying uh, that they believe yours is going to decommit and flip to Ohio State before it happened. And then a day later it happened. So everybody was like, whoa, you know, things are really moving in the right direction for Ohio State. So I will say, you know, tread tread cautiously because you're dealing with teenagers, but also get excited for the simple fact that the elite of the elite are all looking at Ohio State. And worst case scenario, you know, you grab 70, 80 percent of the guys that you're going after that are the elite of the elite. And pretty much that's going to be better than anyone else in the country, maybe outside of Alabama. But if you look at these high end star power guys, if they're going to do the, the whole situation where they want to play together, then why not at Ohio State? Switching gears from recruiting, let's get into Buckeyes at Nittany Lions tomorrow night in Happy Valley. Buckeyes favored by 13 at last check. I have this one 38 to 23 Ohio State, so I have the Buckeyes just barely covering the spread. And, you know, part of me feels like Ohio State's just going to take it to them. But also, 
Penn State, especially losing to Indiana, Penn State viewing Ohio State as their number one rival. I, I feel like, and even though there's going to be no whiteout, which helps Ohio State, it's still, you know, you'd still rather play the game at home than on the road. So I, it's going to be maybe a little closer than I, I think I initially was going to predict. Uh, so I'm going to go with 38, 23 Buckeyes. I think, Jay Book, that the Buckeyes are going to control this game and not quite blow out the Nittany Lions. What's your prediction for the final score and how do you think this one's going to play out? I have Ohio State winning 42 to 20. And and the reason I say this, Dave, and I give you several points. If you take what Urban Meyer said, he said without the crowd, without the wideout at night, you're looking at a seven to ten point difference in based off the atmosphere. And then secondly, you look at what Penn State is missing. They're missing a lot of skill position players. And they're 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 down to their third string running back. They lost Noah Kane last week. And if you watch that Indiana game, they did not look athletic at all for a top 10 team. I was not impressed with Penn State. Yes, they outgained Indiana um, as far as doubling, pretty much doubling up in yards and stuff. But I did not like what I saw, uh, what I saw there. And to me, in order to to really run with Ohio State, you got to have the horses across the board. And I just don't think Penn State has them. Their tight end is an All-American. He is an absolute beast. He's going to be an early um, NFL draft pick. But you're not going to hang with Ohio State just throwing to the tight end there. I just don't think they have the horses across the board to run with Ohio State. It, and the key to that is, is Ohio State has to be able to establish the run. If they can find some semblance of balance without Justin Fields being the, the lead carrier as far as yards, then I think Ohio State will definitely run away with this. And having it in a in a sterile environment where there's no fans there, which which creates a, a, a ruckus atmosphere, what you're looking at is talent versus talent, pound for pound. And I look at Ohio State across the board. They're a much better football team than Penn State. This will be a, a test. This will be the best defense that Ohio State will see probably until Michigan. Um, so this is going to be a heck of a test early on. I do expect Penn State to clean up a lot of their issues. But what what's the old saying in football? Um, you get better probably the most during the season from the first game to the second game. And I expect that from Penn State, but I also expect that from Ohio State. You're looking at an Ohio State team that still put up 52 points, and I felt like they left a lot to be desired on the field. I don't think they played uh, nearly as well as they could. And they'll tell you that, Ryan, they'll tell you that as long as Ohio State protects the football, I definitely think Ohio State covers the spread here. We'll find out later today what the Buckeyes are going to say about Chris Olave on their status report. They put out a, well, it's really a participation report. And all they say is they have guys listed that are unavailable and guys that are game time decisions. And if you're not listed on the participation report, that's a good thing. That means you're going to participate. So um, we'll see if Olave is a game time decision. We'll see if he's unavailable or not on there, but some good news here. Ryan day was asked about it yesterday uh, about Chris Olave's status. And it was funny, Jay book. He, Ryan Day prefaced it with, well, we put out our status report on Friday and, you know, so we don't really get into too much of that. But then he followed it up with, but Chris has had a really strong, good week of practice. Now, that doesn't mean that he's had a strong, good week of practice and he's for sure cleared. You know, we don't know that for sure. But reading between the lines, it sure sounds good. We'll find out more today 
But I, if I had to guess, I think Chris Olave is going to play tomorrow night. What do you think? I absolutely think he's going to play. And if you look at Garrett Wilson's comments early in the week, he kind of let it out the bag where he said Chris Olave told him he is absolutely playing in his game. So once I once I heard that, the, the thought of Olave not play not playing didn't even cross my mind for this week. And the the fact that he's also practicing. Uh, this week and had a pretty good week tells me he will be on the field he's a guy that knows that the time the clock is running out to be able to play at Ohio State you you want him to be healthy you don't want Ohio State to ever rush a kid back on the field but if he's feeling good and he feels like that that he can play in a in a primetime showcase game he's going to be out there so I truly believe he will be out there on the field having an excellent game and last thing, um, switching gears away from Ohio State for a minute, um, Nebraska-Wisconsin was canceled due to six Wisconsin players and six staff members, including head coach Paul Christ, um, coming down with COVID-19. So Nebraska-Wisconsin canceled. What's interesting is Nebraska tried to get a game with another team. As you know, UT Chattanooga, you know more about this than I do. We were talking before we uh, started recording. You know, Tell the listeners about this, how Nebraska – Thought they were still going to get a replacement game on Saturday, but the Big Ten shot it down. Yeah, it's I've been following this story all weekend. It's very unfortunate for Nebraska. I truly believe that the Big Ten at this point is blatantly bullying Nebraska. Um, if this was anyone else, if this if Nebraska was on the other end where where Wisconsin is at, they would have made them play the game. And, and to me, in my mind, this should be a forfeit. And the reason I say that is Wisconsin is doing this because they don't want to have a loss on their schedule. They do not want to go to Lincoln with their fourth string quarterback and without Paul Chris. So they're canceling the game and saying that they're putting their program on pause. The problem that I have with that is the, they haven't met the Big Ten threshold to even cancel. So you have 79 scholarship players that are ready to go and you're going to cancel, whereas in the big, in the big 12 SEC and the Pac-12, you have to get all the way down to 53 players before they even deem the game to be canceled. So you're looking at 79 players that are ready to go, but because their quarterback room got wiped out for three weeks, they want to cancel the game, and that was all Barry Alvarez doing there. And if it was anyone else, if it was Nebraska or Purdue or Maryland, they're going to roll them out there and tell them to take their butt whooping. You look at you look at Purdue. Purdue was on prime time. Six six or seven of their starters are out, including you know the kickers, the punters, their whole the whole right side of their offensive line. Some defensive guys. Did they cry about it? Did they want to shut it down? Absolutely not. They went out there and they fought Michigan. They lost, and it showed that they. We're not up to speed with their guys missing, and and it's not fair to Nebraska to make them have to suffer because of Wisconsin. The Big Ten absolutely should allow Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, Nebraska, to schedule a game. And the people argument is, well, you can't have someone playing teams that don't meet the Big Ten standards. Well, Nebraska clearly outlined in their statement on Thursday that. They're, they vetted different programs and teams, and part of the vetting process was to make sure that those teams had a far more um, strict 
guidelines when it came to testing than the actual Big Ten, and they still denied them. They still denied them the chance to play football. And to me, that is the Big Ten being petty because they feel like Nebraska um, had, had, was the one that really got the ball rolling to play with the lawsuits. And Nebraska initially uh, was speaking out against the Big Ten. They sketched, they gave Nebraska the hardest schedule in the Big Ten to start off playing Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State in the first four weeks. Um, so I, I truly believe that Nebraska has something to complain about here. And I think it sets a dangerous precedence to allow Wisconsin to do that because what happens if we're down in week six and, and Ohio State is playing someone who's completely out of it? it it's just a, And that team wants to opt out even though they haven't met the requirements for the game to even be canceled. If you haven't met the Big Ten strict protocols to even cancel, then the game should be played. And if you want to opt out, that's fine. You can opt out, but that should be an automatic forfeit and the win should go to Nebraska. Great knowledge, as always, from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book, and thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow, Bucknutters.